0: If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. Lord, we thank you for today and we thank you that we can gather here freely, Lord, to sit under your word. Lord, we pray that as we listen, Lord, to your word that you would bless Marv as he speaks. Um, may you give him, Lord, the words um, to speak and may you, God, make our hearts ready and willing to receive what you have for us this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we can just sing of who you are and know that all of it is true. We just ask all this, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shepherd said it. He said amen. 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 <laughs> amen. It's all good. All right. If you have Bible, you can turn or scroll to Psalm 3. Just so you know, I'm reading from the ESV. Uh, Today, (laughs) i said, amen to that. All right, some of you are happy, right? Back to your precious ESV. Here we are. (laughs) All right, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. God is honest with us. He tells us in life to expect adversity. Sometimes there's adversity when you move to a new country. You're excited. You're happy to be here. And you thought you were going to be on your feet a lot quicker, but it's taking a long time. Sometimes there's adversity when you're doing discipleship. You've poured yourself into a person. You've given yourself. You've prayed for them. You've read books with them. You've, you've had lunch with them. And then the fruit is just not showing. Sometimes... There's adversity in your ministry. You're trying to raise financial support. You want to go do that thing you feel like God's called you to do, but the funds are just not flowing. Sometimes there's adversity in dating. You're in love, but her parents or his parents, they're not feeling you. Sometimes there's adversity in friendship. The longer you kick it, the longer you hang out together, you start to realize some of your political positions and your ethical positions don't actually align. Sometimes there's adversity in school. All you want to do is get that master's done, but the work is draining. Every, you look at it and you're just like, I can't get into that again. Sometimes there's adversity in parenting. That little child is not little anymore. And watching them make decisions that hurt themselves is painful. It's tough. Sometimes there's adversity in your job. You want to be paid what you are worth. But your boss doesn't see it that way. Sometimes there's adversity when you're trying to own a home. Somebody say amen. You're saving, you're doing all you can, but you look and you're like, what's going on in T.O.? Because my money's going this way, but the market's going this way. Sometimes there's adversity in managing your employees. Pastor Yogi would say yes to this, right? All right. They go from hardworking to lazy. Sometimes we experience adversity because we've sinned. And that is David's reality in this psalm. I want you to notice that it says, Psalm 3, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. That little line there actually helps us to know the context of Psalm 3. And I want you to get it because it helps us to interpret the passage rightly. So here's the context of Psalm 3. It's coming, I promise. So here's the context, and if you read 2 Samuel 11 to 16, you'll catch all of this when you get home after your nap. Because of David's sin with Bathsheba, Nathan the prophet, uh, prophet said God would raise up opposition against David out of his own house slash family. Eventually, David's son Absalom conspired against him and stole the hearts of the people of Israel. So he turned everybody against David. Absalom then, then had himself proclaimed king and David had to flee for his life. This is coming to me off the top of my head. One of the reasons why Absalom gets upset with his dad is because one of David's kids does a terrible thing and David does nothing. Now, I'm not saying that Absalom is right in what he does, but David is wrong as a dad for doing nothing. And the lesson there is indecision in your life is a decision. If you see that something needs to be done and you do nothing, you are making a decision and there can be consequences that come from that. Then one of David's most trusted counselors, Ahithophel, turned on David and joined Absalom and he counseled him on how to attack his dad. That is the context. And so, so adversity has showed up in David's life like snow came this morning. And I'm not happy about that. But here we are. Adversity comes, came in David's life, and it comes in our life. And when it comes, here's what you can do. Tell God how you really feel. Look at verse 1. Oh, Lord, how many are my foes. Many are rising against me. Many are saying of his soul, there is no salvation for him in God. Notice the word many comes up three times. There's a, there's a crowd of people against David. They're many, they're mean, and they're mocking. Verse 2, he says, many are saying of my soul, there's no salvation for him in God. They attack his faith. And the attack actually hurts. He is lamenting here. And I want to say, when you are in a tough spot, lamenting is a healthy and biblical way to respond to what you're going through. We don't have to pretend like it's all good. Let me say this. It's actually unhealthy when you do that to hold on to those emotions, to not actually let them out, to not pour them out at the feet of God, right? It says God is a refuge. We can come to him and tell him everything. And sometimes we come and we're like, oh God, I desire this. Oh Lord, you're worthy. And God's like, just tell me what's up. Because I know what's going on. We don't have to pretend when there's pain, when you're feeling it. Tell it to God. That's what David does. He says, there's all kinds of people against me. I'm running for my life. My son wants to kill me. And my friends, my brethren, have turned against me. This is tough. I'm in the fire. Help me, God. I want you to know that David was mocked. But he's not the last king to be mocked. Jesus was mocked. When Jesus is hanging on the cross... They say he saved others, but he cannot save himself. They say, come down from there, and then we would believe you. But Jesus endures the mocking. Do you know why? Because he loves you, and so he stays there. He says, you can mock me all you want, because I did not come to save myself. I came to save Fred. I came to save Sarah. I am staying up here. And so he endures the mocking, because he didn't come to save himself. He came to save you and me. And here's the thing. In this culture, you will get mocked for believing that. You, people are going to be like, oh, you're intellectually weak. Really? You believe that? Yes, I do. Because there's all kinds of nonsense that you believe. You will get mocked for believing that. And when that adversity comes, right, it's hard to be mocked for your faith. But when that adversity comes, you need to endure it. You know why? Because one day, Jesus Christ will silence all the mockers. And you will be standing there, giving praise to God, because your salvation, your sanctification will be complete, and you are going to enter into glory. And it's going to be joy forevermore. Your job, in the face of of mockery, when you're getting mocked, is to endure and keep the faith, because Jesus will get it all right. Here's this next one. When adversity comes, remember who God really is to you. Oh, look at the text with me. But you... O Lord, are a shield about me. When David says, but you, he's now turning. He's like, all right, I'm not going to look at the circumstance anymore or the situation. I'm not going to look at this jam that I'm in. I'm going to start looking at my God. He says, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Let me tell you what David says here. David reminds us that God is our protector. It's right there in the text. It's in front of you. He says, David says, God is a shield. It's the only defense he had, and it's the only defense he needs. David tells us, God is our everything. He says, you are my glory. David finds his purpose, his meaning, his joy in God. If some of us are honest, we're not like that. We find our purpose and our meaning and our joy and all kinds of other things. And as soon as those things go, we're in We're on our face. When you substitute something else for God, it generally doesn't go well. He, God is his everything. Then he says, God is our sustainer. He says, you are, in verse three, the lifter of my head. You are alive, you are awake because God is sustaining. When you are down, do you know who picks you up? Is God you are the lifter of my head? Then he says, God is our salvation. You're like, where are you getting that? Look all the way down to verse 8. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. I'm showing you all this because when adversity comes, this is what we are we tend to forget. Who God, and the moment you forget who God is, you start getting stressed you start getting anxious, you start getting afraid, and you just start staring at the thing in front of you rather than staring at your God. And so when adversity comes, remember who God really is to you. Because when you do remember that, when you remember who God is, what he's done in your life, when you remember that God is for you, do you know what you do? You turn and you say, help me, God. You lift your voice to God because you say, that is where my help comes from. God is with me. God is for me. Verse 4, David says, I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. He lifted his voice. See the the verb there? I cried aloud. This wasn't some silent prayer. Right? His voice was up. I cried aloud, he said. And then he tells God what he wants. Look at verse 7. He says, Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. David is clear and he is direct. Now you see that and you're like, shouldn't he have turned the other cheek? Right? Isn't that what what we see? Shouldn't we just turn? He did turn the other cheek. He turned it by turning to God. He says, you, God, do it. You take care of it. He says, God, I want you to get your Mike Tyson on. Right? Do that Floyd Mayweather thing. He turns... Now, I want you to notice two things. David does not take things into his own hands. See, sometimes when adversity comes in your life, that is your first temptation. I'm just going to try to fix this myself. I can handle this. I can do this. I don't have to turn to God. David doesn't do that. He turns To God, he doesn't take things into his own hands. Here's the next thing. David doesn't ask God to destroy them completely. He asks God to do something to their mouth. What? Say it. That's right. He says, do something to the thing that they're using to hurt me. He says, deal with that. And again, when you go back into the context, even when you go back to verse 2, they're saying, there's no salvation for him in God. They're speaking ill of him. They're speaking ill of his God. They're, They're slandering him. And he says, do something with their mouth. Deal with the thing that they're using to hurt me. See, when adversity comes, here's what I want you to know from this. You have to tell God what you really want him to do. Come on now, don't leave me up here. All right? Huh? Yeah, we talk in church. Tell God what you really want. Again, sometimes we come to prayer and we're just messing around. Right? Look, that acts model of prayer, I get it. I mean, you know what it is? Adoration, I don't even know all them. Adoration, come on, you say it. Adoration. Yeah, Rochelle doesn't even know. She's like squinting. (laughs) You do one of these, like, "Mm." adoration, confession, all right. It's an all right model. I get it. But there's some churches that tell you that's exactly what you do every single time. That's not always true. Sometimes you got to go right to the supplication. Here's what I need you to do. We will get to the adoration right after. We'll sing praise Jesus when you come through. But I need you to do this thing. It's okay to tell God what you really want Him to do. You be clear. You be honest. Sometimes we're not honest with God. He's sitting there and He's looking at you with love in His eyes, and He's like, Mark, will you come on? Talk to me real. Right? Those babies in the room are crying, and all you want to do is go to sleep. Tell me you want to go to sleep. It's okay to be honest. It's okay to be clear with God. He loves you. And here's the thing He knows it. He looks at you and he's like, I know what you want. I know what you need. I love you. Why don't you just tell me? Why do you keep messing around and going this way? Right? When I played football, my coach used to say, north and south is the fastest way home. If you zigzag, we're in trouble. Just run straight. Sometimes in our prayer life, we just need to run straight. And we're so busy going like this, going like this. And we're like, oh, I can't get any peace in my life. You're not telling God what you want. Be honest. Be real. He knows it. And here's the last thing. Be trusting. Be trusting. Because God knows what is up ahead. And he will answer your prayer in the way that he knows it's best for you. And so yeah, be, be real. Tell him. Right? Sometimes I'm like, Lord, help River to just stop coughing. I want to go to sleep and rib coughs till 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, why are you doing this to me, Jesus? And he's like, you need to be sanctified. You need to learn patience. You need to go in there and just love that boy. You need to go in there and just hug him. You need to go in there and be like, and he, when he comes again, he's just like, Dad, can I get in bed? I'm like, man, you're going to take the warm spot. Amen. <laughs> And you just need, he needs you to love him. And so I didn't answer the prayer you want, but let that little boy in your bed and just love him. Help him settle down. Sometimes God doesn't answer the prayer you, how you want it. You have to trust him on that, but you still be real and you still be honest with God. David prayed and God answered. And I want to show you how God answered. Let me show you this. I think it's on the screen here for you, says, and David was told Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. So again, that's David's trusted counselor. He gets told, one of your boys has turned against you. And David said, Oh Lord, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Prayer. While David was coming to the summit where God was worshiped, behold, Hushai the Archite came to meet him with his coat. Torn and dirt on his head. And David said to him, if you go with me, you will be a burden to me. So this is David's friend. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I have been your father's servant in the past. So now I will be your servant. Then you will defeat for me the counsel of Ahithophel. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, just as Absalom was entering Jerusalem. I want to say this because it's coming to my head right now as the Spirit gives it to me. Sometimes in adversity, you're going to find out who your friends are. Right? Ahithapel up top, turned against him. Hushai in the toughest moments is with him. I told you, I say this all the time, don't just friend up anybody. We need friends. We need friends people in our life, but you need to be sensible about who who you take as a friend. And in tough moments, you're going to find out who your friends truly are when the adversity comes. I think there's a next slide. So he goes back. David sends him back. And I'm going to give you a summary here. When Hushai gets back to Jerusalem, he declares his loyalty to Absalom then Absalom gets sound advice from Ahithophel on how to attack David. When you you read it, it's great advice. But for some reason, after getting the advice, Absalom decides to get more advice from Hushai. This is all the context of Psalm 3. And instead of following Ahithophel's advice, Absalom goes with Hushai's advice. And let me tell you why he does it. 2 Samuel 17, verse 14 says, And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushad Archite is better than the council of Ahithopel. Here's why. For the Lord had ordained to defeat the council of Ahithopel. David prayed, and then he took action. Now I want you to turn to somebody and say, Why is he showing us this? Come on. Yeah, Joanne's <laughs> laughing. Here's why. why he yes. yes. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because sometimes in our life, when adversity comes, we get busy planning before we start praying. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's like getting in a warm bath, right? Mm. <laughs> we pray. We, we, we start. We, I'm going to take action. David doesn't do that first. He does something. There's nothing wrong with doing it. But the first thing he does is he says, Oh Lord, I pray that you would defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. And then he sends his friend, just trusting that God will do something with that prayer. So many times, before we pray, we are already acting. And God says, make sure you get the order right. You pray in adversity, and then you proceed. Prayer first. You have to get The order, right, let me give you H.B. Charles again because he's my boy and he always says it so well. He says there's a lot of things that you can do before, sorry, after you've prayed, but there's really nothing that you can do until you have prayed. Prayer is the work. Pray in adversity. We always pray and then we proceed. Here's the other thing you should take from this. God uses our prayers to help us And advance his plan. He let me say it because you're not, it's not hitting you. God, because I want you to understand, your prayer is, is powerful and it's effective when you do it by faith. God uses our prayers to help us and accomplish his plan in our world. Prayer is powerful. And so we are to be a people who pray. Here's this next thing. When adversity comes, stop and really go to sleep. Now, none of you were expecting that one. Stop and really go to sleep. Look at verse 5. I laid down and slept. Say, say he, slept. he slept. I laid down and slept and woke again for the Lord sustained me david stops stressing he stops fearing and he starts sleeping you know why because he casted all his anxieties on god he lifted his voice in pr- and when he does he says it's not my problem anymore see some of you can't sleep at night because you're holding on to your burdens instead of casting your burdens and you toss and you turn and you toss and you turn. Have you prayed? Have you casted your anxieties on God? When David prays, he says, it's not my issue anymore. When David prays, he says, I'm not God. When David prays, he says, I'm going to give it to the one who never sleeps. He says, God never sleeps or slumbers. That he is where our help comes from. Now here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying when you lift your voice to God, tell him what you really want, stop, that everything is going to be resolved quickly. When David wrote this, he was still in a jam. Right? He was in a jam tighter than skinny jeans. Everything. (laughs) It's true. Sometimes you see that guy in skinny jeans, you're like, bro, I can see your hamstrings. Those are too tight. (laughs) Everything wasn't all good. Things were still in a bad spot. I want you to understand, David had to wait. And here's the thing, here's why I'm showing you this. David didn't have peace from turmoil. David had peace in turmoil because he lifted his voice to God, he prayed, and we can do the same. When you pray and ask God for peace in the midst of the turmoil and say, God, give me the strength and the patience to wait on you to work this out, I believe by faith that the Holy Spirit will give you peace that surpasses understanding. We have to pray and trust. And you're like, oh, Marv, what if I've prayed and I still can't get to sleep? Pray some more. You know why? The Bible says he gives his beloved sleep. So you ask God to knock you out? Pray. In the novel Transcendent Kingdom, the character, her name is Gifty. She says, there is no, sons, you can come if you want, no living thing on God's earth that does not come to know Pain sometime. There is no living thing on God's earth that does not come to know pain sometime. That's why I started the message by telling you to expect adversity in this life. You live in a broken world. You live in a world where people hurt one another. You live in a world where there's real disappointment. You live in a world where you do things to hurt yourself. Expect adversity. That's what I started with. But here's how I want to end the message. I want to end by saying, God helps us get through them. And all you got to do is look at the text. Verse 5, I laid down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. David goes to sleep with all kinds of people, hunting him, trying to kill him. He is laying in a cave, hiding, and he wakes up in the morning and he says, I made it. And he says, why? Because God sustained me. And when he wakes up and when he sees that God has come through for him again, do you know what it does? It gives him confidence for the future. And I'm not making it up. Just look at verse 6. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. He wakes up and he is full of confidence in, not in himself. He's full of confidence in God. Because he realized, last night, God answered my prayer. And what God did for him in the past gives him confidence for what God can do in the future. And my question to you is, do you have confidence in God like that? All you got to do is look back in your life and see how many ways God has come through for you. If you can't, you're like, I don't, I don't really know. Let me tell you one. You are saved and sitting here. All you have to do is go back and look at the way God has worked in the past And you should be full of confidence for the future. He's like, I'm not afraid. Some of us, again, if we're honest, we're afraid all the time. And it's because we don't have our eyes on God. We have our eyes on ourselves and the things going on around us. David says, I'm looking to my God. I'm looking to the one who has come through for me in the past. And I'm trusting him for my future. I will not be afraid. He prayed and God got him through when you pray when I pray God will get us through HB Charles said let me give it to you give him give you another one from him prayer is our expression of dependence upon him prayer is arguably the most objective measurement of our dependence upon God here's where it's going to touch you a little bit the things you pray about are the things you trust God to handle. The things you pray about are the things you trust God to handle. If there's a tough thing going on in your life and you're not praying about it, do you know what you're saying? You're saying, God, I got this. And he's just looking at you doing one of these. He says, I, I, have, I have given my ear to you you have the ear of the king. Use it. Let's stand and pray. Father, we give, you, we give you praise because you have given us the gift of prayer. We give you thanks because you have given us your ear. We give you glory, Lord God, because you are good to us. We give you glory, Lord God, because no matter what's going on, maybe we're in adversity right now. Maybe adversity is coming in an hour. Maybe adversity is coming in a week. But God, we know that we have your help when we come to you and ask for it. Father, I pray that you would forgive me for all the times, even just this week, where you exposed how much I don't want to pray, how much I want to just take action, Forgetting that prayer is the powerful work. Prayer is inviting your power to flow in my life, our lives, for your glory and for our good. God, you are holy. You are transcendent, but you are also imminent, Lord God, with your people at all times. Help us to depend on you, Lord. Help us to depend on you through prayer. Help us to trust you as we wait on you to answer, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.